0: episode 87 of working class on DeerCast. what is up clint casper what is going on you're here again how are you
1: you're great now that i'm here 87 that's impressive i like to see it like to see it i'm uh i put out 84 this week so i'm a few behind
0: yeah We're for cc hump stuff. files so We're
1: running close
0: it's um I got I'd like to really see on record how many podcasts I've actually done when you I like, consider some of the sub series we've done in the past and like other episodes I've guested on. I'm sure I could find it, but I It'd almost I almost don't want to. Do you know? There's a lot. It's gotta be in the I bet you it's in the thousands. Oh or right I mean, at. But.
1: Yeah. Especially like the ones that you're on to, like as a guest, like lots of those.
0: It's kinda of fun. But but right now, Clint, I'm podcasting with you. It is July. Pretty much, we're into July. Uh, this is the this week, in my opinion, is the shift of where. Uh, if you guys are listening and you feel like you fall in this category, I don't mean anything offensive by it, but like where the casuals kind of come back into the game a little bit, and then you have your even more casual guys come back in it's September first, a month before our season here at home. Uh, yeah. But I always consider July fourth is where. Deer antlers are getting enough growth where guys are like, "Oh, that's exciting!" And you see people talk about getting trail cams out and looking at maps and how they're going to set up their new stands and setups and archery right. and all all this preseason prep is like in the, the in the coming weeks is like a, as hot as it's going to get, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it. If it's not there already, it definitely should be. For sure. If you're if you if you've done nothing up to this point, now would be a great time to get rolling.
0: Start planning, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now would be a good time. Yeah. Don't wait till September tenth and then go, huh, in twenty days season starts. Maybe I ought to pick up my bow, maybe run a trail cam, maybe look at a map. I don't know. What's the farmer planning over there? I don't know.
0: Yeah. So but I will say though, right if you haven't done much, you, you still have plenty of time. Like, so don't stretch yourself out. But get to the point where you're at least thinking about what you're gonna do in the next three four weeks, I think you know um, I just oh, yeah. put out some mock scrapes and some trail cams for the first time over a little over a week ago and you know you're getting pictures of velvet deer and you're like, oh, I wonder if I know him yet and, and it's starting to get exciting and I think our crew internally is itching pretty bad this year for whitetails. Um, I don't want almost dare to say maybe worse than it's ever been internally for our crew like we're all kind of like scratching and like looking for our next fix type thing um but that being said i I do want to talk a little bit with you about um trail cams and Mm -hmm. because right now that's like the first thing guys do you know i think trail cams mapping and then like new sets stands saddle set whatever box blinds blinds whatever you're setting up we're starting to study so they're prepared before opening day so you have to go in and move during season so what are you doing for trail cams and mapping let's kind of start there because they all kind of tie in
1: yeah so i mean trail cams everybody except for devin leonard because he doesn't like velvet everyone loves velvet photos right you Mm -hmm. know and that's a that's a little inside joke if you know devin he's a hard horn guy he wants to strip velvet so we always got to razz him a little bit but For most of us, velvet, it's like, oh my gosh, I want to get velvet pictures. I want to see velvet. I want to see bucks grow. That's great. I'm that guy too, but I'm always diving in another layer into that. So I want the pictures, but like, I don't necessarily care so much about, oh, wow, that's a beautiful photo. I'm more like, okay, what wind direction time of day, etc. Like where can I start to form a pattern right now on a deer I want to kill? And that's kind of where it all starts for me is end of June, July. I can kind of start to tell right now that buck probably not going to be one that I'm going to want to look at in another month. That buck for sure. Oh, I recognize him. Yep. He's going to be six. He'll be a shooter, should be. I'm starting to pay a lot of close attention to what's going on with the wind. They live and die by their nose. That wind's huge. And even though like guys will be like, okay, it's summertime trail cams, deer, like lackadaisical. Mm, They're always being hunted. Like the, the hunting season for them doesn't stop. I mean, whether it's black bears, mountain lions, coyotes, dogs, human intrusion, like they're never not being hunted by something. So like, yes, human pressure is down, which usually equates to more daylight activity on there. And I'll agree with that hundred percent, but they're still playing the wind because they still got predators and everybody else. So the wind is still equally as important now as it's ever going to be. They just know we are not out there as much, and that equates to more daylight time activity. In my opinion, I get that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Go well, well, keep going. Keep going.
1: I was gonna say, I just, I think guys forget, like, yeah they're out more in daylight now because it's summer and they're in bachelor groups and all that stuff. But like the wind is still super important. Like I've got bucks on certain spots that if the wind's not out of the East or the North, they won't be there in daylight. Why? Mm -hmm. They're just not comfortable being there in daylight because the wind's not working to their advantage Mm -hmm. to come there. There's a reason and a rhyme for that. Even in June and July, when they're as laxed as they're going to be all year, they still won't do it. Or if they do do it, it's very rare. Okay. So like I'm trying to find those flaws in the armor right now to then use later on in the fall when I need it.
0: Okay. Let me, I want to unpack a couple of things here. So when you go in to hang a trail camera or a tree stand in the summer, you're looking at the wind before you go in and do that in the summer. Oh,
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I'm my whole rhyme and reason for everything I do, whether it's a trail cam, a food plot, um, yeah, I just just wrote up an article about this. Food plots and like I'm basing it off the wind. Like if there's a great spot for a food plot, but it doesn't work well with the wind, as in deer don't like typically to be in this spot a lot because the wind direction's primarily, let's say it's out of the west and they just don't typically like the west winds on that farm, I won't put a food plot there because it's not going to benefit me. In daylight to try to hunt deer or around, or if I do put a food plot there, I'm going to know, Hey, this is just a food plot. They're going to feed on. I'm typically not going to ever hunt over this or close to it because it's not a spot that they want to be at a lot in daylight. So everything I do is based off the wind and what the deer are like on that farm or okay. this piece of property or piece of public or whatever I'm on.
0: I will tell you in the summer when I set trail cams or if I'm doing food plot work, um, if I can take... And you might have your own opinion on this, and maybe this is a place where I flaw, but I'm just openly admitting what I do. If I'm on a tractor or a side by side and I can drive it in and leave it running while I do my summer work, I don't care about the wind in that instance.
1: Yeah. For nope, me. I mean, I, yeah, no. I'm more or less worried mm-hmm. about the wind, like, okay, I'm setting this camera up knowing that um, for the
0: deer's predictive pattern yeah okay we were kind of on okay that makes i get i get what you're saying yeah um yep i was we were kind of my question wasn't clear um but there's still some great info i'm not worried
1: about my scent like i'm like i'll go in straight off the farm off a tractor go check a trail cam if i need to middle of the day am i leaving scent? 100 percent. are they going to smell i was there yep i'm not that i'm not worried about it now during season would i do that probably not right now if I go in and change batteries once a month, I'm not getting fully armored up. Like I'm going to go hunt to run over there and do that. Or yeah. like you said, if I jump on the Ranger or if I'm close by on a tractor, I'll drive right up, change batteries, switch a card. I'm ba- it is what Dude, it is. Don't but- you
0: think, though? I mean, you, you're, you're in a farming family and you're on tra- diesel, diesel engines, I think more specifically. The yeah. idol of a diesel engine is like ingrained in their brain just from being around ag. If you if you are in ag country, it might be different. If you are in like big woods territory, but I just put out some some mock scrapes and some some trail cams and stuff like that. And I I just got bought a new tractor and I am in love with the thing. And I just let it idle. And I might crank the idle up just a little bit off the turtle and just let her idle in there. And I can do all my shit. And it's like it's almost like you are just. It's normal. Like I've had deer sit there. I'll I'll mow through a pass and look up. And then the deer finally gets up after I've been there for five minutes, like mowing over bushes. And it's just like, they kind of just no big deal.
1: I mean, they're not, they're never equating our tractors or your tractor to danger to them. Like we're not chasing them. Uh, we're not trying to run them down. We're not shooting at them off of it. I mean, in all honesty, i think it's almost calming for them in a way like they hear the tractor they're like oh we know what that is versus they hear a dirt bike go ripping through the woods they're like whoa 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 whoa! what's what's all that like a tractor's normal the amount of booners and pushing 200 inch deer that i could have killed over the years with dad or me by myself combining back in the day when we picked a lot of corn you know, whenever we're doing stuff in the fall, when it comes to tillage work. I, I mean, I've had giants, giants at 20 yards, just like, oh, cool. Nice tractor. I'm going to keep eating as you drive by me. I'm going to look at you. And then soon as you pass, I'm going to go right back to eating. I mean, yeah. if I had a cell phone back then, like I do now and could have filmed some of that now I do do it. But like back in the day, like, I mean, there was a couple just mega giant, 190 plus bucks in a two year span on this one farm that we couldn't hunt. We could only farm it. That if I would have had a phone, could have filmed, I mean, I'm talking 15, 20 yards a couple different times yeah. during the fall, like on the same farm. These three bucks were there for two years and I couldn't shed hunt it. I couldn't, I did everything I could to try to hunt it. I was like, I'll just shed hunt it. Just let me shed hunt. Nope, can't do that.
0: Just like, farm I, it and shut up.
1: Just farm it and that is it. They wouldn't let me fish the pond. Like, I'm like, can I take a pee in your woods? They probably would have been like, nope, don't do that either. Just farm. It's all you can so do. Just c- it was
0: serious outdoorsmen that own the farm. Yeah. sounds like, you know, but Hey, I don't blame them. Yeah. I want clunk yeah, casper like, running around here. Yeah.
1: I mean, and like, they didn't hunt, but like the tractors. No, I mean, on it, like there's times where I will have mom or dad or someone drop me off and utilize the ranger, or a truck, or a tractor, because that's normal to them. They scamper off like food plots. I'll have my dad buzz me back, drop me off to a spot, and then come back. As soon as they hear me go down the hill to the food plot, they're like, "Oh, someone's coming down here." Scamper off. I climb up a tree. They hear it leave. We never shut it off. They hear it leave. Ten minutes later, the deer are right there. Yeah. Now they don't know I got dropped off, but they're like, "Up, oh, heard the sound. The sound left. All is good. We're back to normal." I do that all the time.
0: Yeah. I think it's good. I mean, it great. You always hear about that, you know, deer don't care about it. and But I think it's always good to like cover that. Um, but yeah, I yeah. mean, all my summer work, if I could have my tractor and my side-by-side, sometimes oh, I can't great. have my tractor there because honestly, it's a pain in the butt to haul it all around. Same thing with the Ranger. But if I'm doing, if I'm having a planned work day, I have a piece of equipment there to just be more efficient. And I pretty right. much let the baby idle the whole time. So um, yeah. I think that's worth talking about. But um, so trail cams right now, you're setting trail cams. For winds um, that you think deer will actively use, so as the season goes on, you can get on a patternable uh, movement. Um, that makes sense. I do I yeah. do love that. I think that's noteworthy. Um, one thing, how important are maps to you right now um, in July?
1: Oh, super important. I mean, and not for even just early season, but, again, for later on, because, like, me in broken up farm country here in Ohio – let's say I've got a 150 acre track and I pull it up on Deercast, pull it up on my maps and I'm like, okay, this is my, it's 150 acres. We've got some ag fields here. Here's some South slopes where good bedding is. Now that might not be important right now, but come fall, they're going to bed on those South slopes and into the winter because they get the most sun so that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that hard. Um, okay, there's, there's egg corn trees here. Like I'm going to map all this stuff out and then use all that in conjunction with, in June, July, August, what wind direction did let's let's call it the Big Ten? Okay, we're mm. we're hunting a buck called the Big Ten. What wind did the Big Ten always show up in daylight? I I'll go back through my notes. Okay, he likes an east wind. Typically, if he's in daylight, it's an east wind of some sort. Maybe it's maybe it's east, maybe it's northeast, maybe it's, you know, something out of the east he likes. Mm-hmm. I'll go back then on the maps and I'm gonna look like, okay, based off that, where did he bed? probably in the summer months. I'm going to mark that down and put that kind of store that away. Mm -hmm. If I lose that buck in early season, if I lose him in early season, I can't find him probably due to changing food sources. You know, you got beans coming off, corn coming off. You got apples falling. um, You've got egg corns dropping. I'm going to immediately start looking at, okay, what food source is hot right now that works in his favor on that east wind. I know he likes an east wind on this farm. He feels safe using that. What food source right now is hot that is going to utilize an east wind? So I'm going to pull up my map and be like, all right, well, if he's going to bed here and he's going to use an east wind, oh, look, beans just come off the neighbor. If he's traveling to those beans, an east wind is perfect for that. I'm now going to go over there and immediately put cameras out, start hunting edges, start trying to figure out is there hot sign here? Is there big buck sign? Am I going to get pictures? And I'm going to start to piece that together. Not every time do I find him by doing that, but that's a part of the steps of me then finding him to hopefully get back on him. Cause I mean, sometimes you just lose bucks yeah. and they only shift over. They only shift over 50 acres, but if you're not in that 50 and you're still on the other side of the farm, you're nine steps behind. Yeah. So I'll go back to that wind and like, okay, so I know he likes an East wind here on this, you know, this piece, what now correlates between food bedding in that East wind that he would like, and I'll start there. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it doesn't work every time, but I would say over the years, 60, 70% of the time, I can go back and relocate a buck with cameras using maps and using that philosophy that I figured out in June, July,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to hopefully relocate him. And I mean, I got I I to gotta- him but I at least can find him again.
0: I got something I want to add to this. So I've been doing the same thing lately with my trail cam photos, and I just Mm -hmm. want to show it. it, You're not gonna be able to see the deer or like the date on here. Just what I'm, what I'm going to show, but what I've been doing when I get a picture of a deer that I want to catalog what he's doing, I go to DeerCast and I look at the daily deer cast and then more specifically the hourly deer cast. And what I'll do is I'll screenshot. So I'm going to. Sh- this is what I do. I take the trail cam photo and yep. I screenshot the data for that day at that exact time for that area. And then I overlay the deer cast screenshot onto the trail camera photo. So instead of going back and being like, okay, this was September 28th of last fall, this was for the big eight that I ended up killing. So 8 20 a.m. It was 38 degrees that morning, and I'm like, okay, I want to see what's going on. So I screenshot everything, overlay it. That way, in two weeks, I'm like, man, that buck was in there in the morning at 8.30 in the morning. What was the wind? What was all that stuff? I have it. It's right there. So I make a folder on my phone, and you can put uh, deer 22, deer 23, whatever year it is, and then you just catalog catalog them all. So you know, this was... I, I And you can kind of adjust hourly on this yep. bar what time the trocham photo was taken. And then it has their barometric pressure, the rain, the snow, the cloud cover, the temperature, the wind, um, the average high, all that. It was like a three-mile-an-hour wind that day, um, actually 45 degrees at that given moment with uh, rising barometric pressure yep. on a northeast wind. So there you go. You know why he was on there in the Northeast wind? Cause it was, it was working for him where he was headed. So, yep. um, I can't, yeah, imagine that. So that's just like a deer cast tip. I wouldn't call it a pro tip, but it's something that I started doing last year to keep track of deer movement. Also utilizing maps, tying in, in yep. the wind and then the trail came. So use it, try it. Let me know what you think. But, uh, that's what I like to do.
1: That is, Like the high def, that's like the HD deal compared to like when I started doing this years ago, it was a notebook and it was, yes, (laughs) and it was the big, the big 10. And then every day that he was, I gave a 15 minutes. If he was 15 minutes after daylight or 15 minutes before, and then all the daylight, I'd have that all listed and then I'd have a column of all the wins and I'd put a check mark and I'd go through and okay, most of my check marks are in North and in East. What time of day? Most of them are in the evening, and I—that's how I would keep track. And like, it was like doing. My mom and dad used to always make fun of me, and they're like, "You do more homework for a freaking deer than you do in school." Yeah. But somehow, managed to get through school with flying colors because I was smart and friends with all the nerds and yeah. always invited them always invited them to my parties. And for rhyme and reason, I was smart. I was friends with smart people. Yeah. But well, that's a story for another day. But yeah, I did yeah. more Tips. homework for deer than I did in school, and it, I was smart. Like columns and rows now you don't need to do all that now trail cams you can id deer deer cast you can basically id deer you can put stuff on the maps i mean it's it's way way easier but back in the day all that was pen and paper yeah but it paid off the same it was just a lot harder and you had to put a lot more energy and time in now i can do all that in a minute or two what took me 10 every day to okay Fourteen pictures. I got to index and ID what he was doing. I mean, it takes time to go through all that.
0: Well, I'm not saying that I didn't do that a couple years ago on a deer that I was a big deer, biggest deer, (laughs) uh, maybe not the biggest deer I've ever hunted. One one of them, he's up there, he's top three. Um, I never ended up killing him. I ended up finding him dead, but uh, Mm -hmm. hunting him, I was so frustrated because he was everywhere. You know, it's like the deer that that the deer that are all over are the hardest deer to hunt. The deer that you're only getting on one or two trail cameras. Or, a little, I think, a little easier. When they're on every one of your cameras, it's like, what's the plan of attack? And I did right. that. Like, I got so flustered that I got out a notepad. I'm like, all right, what's this dude doing? We're going to just, we're going to write this out. We're, there's, a, there's a formula in here. It's got to yeah. be, got to be a formula. Yeah. Yep. There's no formula. I just, I, I did it. I And not every deer sticks to that pattern. Like, deer are individuals, but you know, uh, mo- it, at, you're speaking in like, you're kind of lumping deer into a category. Every deer is going to do whatever it wants to do, but generally speaking, but this buck dude, every wind, I had a picture of him, this one spot that didn't make any sense or it made sense sometimes. And I'm like, oh, okay. He's getting, he's getting predictable and yep. he, he just never did. And, and that's why I never killed him. Um, it was just where he was. I wasn't where, and then I, the next day he'd be where I was and I'd be ahead where he was the day before. It was just crazy. Um, yep. so don't kill yourself over it. You only do what you can do, but put the odds in your favor with the information that you have to see if it can put you in the right place to be successful.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, don't just put trail cams out and only use them because you want to get velvet footage. Like, or, you know, oh, I just want to get velvet pics. Like, that's great. But like, use what the picture is giving you as well. When, you know, you can, you can time out what the wind was doing. You can figure out, what the barometric pressure was. Then you can go to your maps and be like, oh, well, he was coming from this direction and he got here. So he was probably bedding over there based off the wind. This all makes sense. Like use all the puzzle pieces. Don't just go, wow. Yep. Big velvet buck. Cool photo. Okay. Well, yep. That was cool. Like use what's all going to be given to you. It's there. You may as well use it. It takes 15 seconds to look at the timestamp and figure yeah. out, huh, he probably bedded over there. Look at my map. Yep. Yep. Sure was. Yep. Got here right before dark. Makes sense. You know, it's, it's pretty easy. It doesn't take much time to do that.
0: G- going back yeah. now, if I would have thought about it different with that deer or, you know, when it comes up again, cause it will, you know, you, you, oh, yeah. you, everyone, you'll you find a buck. Um, I want, I wonder if it would work well to make, um, markers on deer cast where you could do, um, because you can color code them like add a waypoint yep. and color code for a specific deer you're hunting each wind direction has a different color Yeah, and mark it down for like the month of October, the month of November and color code Every time you get a picture here or there, wherever at on a spot you're hunting. And yep. I wonder if that would like visualize or be able to like put it in front of you. Cause sometimes you, if it's in your head, you got to just put it down, like get it on your map, get it on paper, get it on something. And maybe there's a pattern there that you're not seeing. Um, it, it takes a lot of work, man. Not every deer's just like he's there every night on that field edge. I'll kill him tomorrow. He'll be there. I know he will. It doesn't always work that way. Rarely no. doesn't work that way.
1: No, I mean, I have a lot of bucks here, like in our ag country, where it's a lot of broken up rolling timber and whatnot. You know, and ag fields everywhere. That I mean, they're on like a rotation. Like a buck might be on my farm, like the home farm here, is a couple hundred acres. He might hang out here. In a couple spots, two, three times a week, he's in daylight, but then he's nowhere to be found on any of those cameras for a couple days. And I know he's over at the neighbors or he's over on the other side of the farm or whatever. And then a couple days later, he'll be back, you know, and it's like he's he's got almost like a circle of okay, I'd like to bed here, I like to bed here, and then other bucks, it's just strictly he stays on this 80-acre patch, he beds here, he lives here, rarely ever leaves. You know, so they're all a little bit different, but ones that like to roam and move a lot, those are hard. And it's usually it's a very like you've almost got to predict the movement and get ahead of that buck or you're always going to be a step behind. Like you got to predict, OK, he hasn't been on camera for three or four days. He's going to show up in the next two or three. I've got to hunt. And you're hoping that while you're there, that's when he makes his appearance. And yep. that's that's a trick. I mean, that's tricky. It really is. That's, you know, what, a I, lot of luck involved in that.
0: There is. And, and what I would have done, I think hunting that buck all over again, I had a spot that I thought I had a really good chance of killing him, in. And, and I was starting to get burnout because it was just like, nothing was working. I was like, couldn't put nothing together, but if I could go back and be like, yo, Kurt, just hear me out. I would have parked my ass in what I thought was the best spot. And I would have sat there every day for a week and just, mm-hmm and just sat there because I think if I would have done that, I would have killed him. Now I now know more information about what he was doing than I did at the time. Cause it was in real time. Um, right. now, but then in my head, I'm like, I'm going to burn out the spot. I'm going to contaminate that area. But also it was like, at this point we're into the first week of November. I should have just been like, sit there, dude, just sit yeah. there. So
1: well, I, I think, I think with bucks like that, You've got to be super aggressive because when they're there, they're not there long. So if you wait for the perfect moment, you're always waiting on that instead of actually hunting him. And then he moves off and he's gone. So it's like, all right, he might be here three times this week. I'm going to hunt every day and hope one of those times I catch him. Maybe he doesn't yeah. show up, but if he does, at least I'm here. You know, I, I think sometimes you got to strike when you think the iron's going to be hot. And as it stays hot, you got to keep hitting it until it's not hot anymore. And then it's like, all right, well, it's time to move. But yeah, you tried. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm am i I'm super aggressive. I'm getting more aggressive as I get older. Yeah. And well, I,
0: I do want to remind you, Clint, I did. I drew. And for everyone listening, it's like, oh, Kurt didn't play. I, I drew back on this buck twice.
1: No, I remember. I you remember know, this so um, yep.
0: I had chances. It just oh, didn't. Yeah. You
1: were real close.
0: Come together. So anyway, enough about this haunted story of mine. But you know, I Good think to talk about it's it's a cool Good buck. Time. You know, he's in the studio. Yeah. We found him. We got a salvage tag. I don't I don't know how he died. I, I do not know. Um, no one's came forward. I've never I haven't heard anything from any neighbors. Nothing like that. Yeah. But um, so a common question that I'll see pop up and like our Instagram messages and in our patreon messages um like hey I got a troche picture of this buck how do I get a pattern on him and not every year's patternable like we're talking but it's like okay say you got a random picture of a the big Ten well going back to the big okay. Ten the big Ten yeah, shows the, up yeah. you got a October fifth picture of him and you're like whoa I don't know this buck I don't know how he got here there he is. Where, what, what are you starting with? Are you going right to your map are you, or are you looking at terrain? Like what's the first steps? Like if you are going to coach somebody through this process, where would you start?
1: Just a random photo of a buck that I'm like, well, I, I don't know anything really about.
0: Yep. He's I in mean, a field. Let's well, just blank yeah. canvas. He's in the middle of a field eating on cut corn.
1: Yeah. I mean, immediately I'm going to want to know what the wind was doing and then hopefully I can correlate to, okay, I'm going to assume he had the wind in his face getting to this said cut cornfield. So now I'm going to get on my maps and backtrack to based off the wind, where do I think he he come from? Now, I've seen big bucks head places with the wind at their back. I mean, makes no sense. So this is not going to be 100% by any means, but I'm going to bank on most big deer, like to have the wind in their face and not at their back. So I'm going to look at my maps and try to figure out where do I think he come from now based off that, then I will look at terrain on. Okay. Do I think he was, if it's middle of, if this is middle of the rut, throw all bets out because <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, who knows? I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not a rut guy. Everybody knows that I'm a early season, late season. Cause I like patterns and I like to play the chess game on those, yep. the rut dude, it's a free for all. I mean, my giant eight was spotted 10 miles down the road on seven different trail cams and four miles the other direction on five different trail cams. When I killed him, 11 neighbors within a surrounding 12 miles sent me photos of that buck in November, the deer was everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but he lived in a little core area the whole rest of the year. So like in the run, it's tough, but let's say that's like an October thing. I'm immediately going to be like, all right, he was bedding somewhere close. He didn't travel three miles starting at noon to get here. Like he was somewhere relatively close. Yep. I'm going to pull up my maps. And then I'm also going to go back to what do I know about this spot? Let's say it's a farm, it's 200 acres. What do I know about big deer or mature deer bucks and does on the property? What wind typically do they like? Where do they usually like to bed? And I'm going to try to piece together, uh, I guess, a strategy based off of what he did with the win that day as to, okay, he probably was betting here and used this funnel or come to this pinch point to get to this field. Now from there, you got a couple options. I mean, you know, he showed up in daylight. So I like that. Um, So immediately I'm going to want to act fast. I'm not going to wait a week to get in there and hunt or hang cameras. It's going to, I'm going to make this a priority. I'm going to want to get some cameras put up. And I'm probably going to want to go right into where I thought he'd come from somewhere close by and do an observation sit of some sort. And maybe you kill him doing that. I don't want to dive strictly completely right in, but I want to get in the general area of where he was coming from in off that field and at least give myself a good opportunity. But I want to be able to see a lot. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of be able to like get a bird's eye view of what's going on maybe you kill him maybe you don't but at least maybe you can see him and then i'm going to pay attention to what's the other deer doing as well because maybe based off what they're doing it's going to give me a clue as to maybe where he's at you know maybe that field was just cut and all the neighboring deer are coming off the neighbor to that field okay pull up my maps this makes sense i can get in between the neighbor's bedding my field boom here's a funnel this all makes sense i'm going to be in that funnel and then play it from there. If I don't see the buck or I do, I'm going to keep making my moves. Maybe my trail cameras pull photos up. I think it's like a, I don't think it's a one trick pony. I think you got to put a couple pieces in play there. Mm -hmm. Trail cams, your own on foot scouting, which for me usually is observation hunting. I do a lot of that. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm not necessarily diving directly in because I don't have enough info yet, but I want to be in a general area that he was in But I want to be able to see, Mm -hmm. you know, so I'm trying to kill a couple birds with a few stones, I guess you could say. Um, In October, you know, hot food sources, in my opinion, that's where that's where your money's got to be put. So, you know, that field, he's there for a reason. You know, he's probably going to be there maybe a day or two, maybe a couple. I don't know, but he won't be there forever because there's you got other cornfields coming off other beans. You got apples falling. You got egg corns. You've got you got a when the iron's hot, so you can't mess around. But I also don't want to just go blowing in there the first night without any type of plan or strategy. I want to hopefully piece a little bit together. Yeah. Cell cams yeah. big. Cell cams are super helpful in this scenario because they're <clears throat> going to give you every hour you can be getting the photos and being like, oh, okay, cool. Man, he's in here. It's morning time. Okay. I know he's bedding here now. Yeah. I got to be in here tonight. Some spots, obviously, you can't run cell cams because there's no service or whatever. In that case, you definitely want to check those <clears throat> within a few days because, like I said, it does you no good to check them in a week and go, oh, a shit, shit <laughs> he's here three yeah. days, yeah." and now he's not here. Well, that's because he's now changed food sources again. The beans are coming off down the road. That's the hot food source now. Yeah. You, By the way, behind me. early October
0: yeah. cut corn for me is hot. Oh, yeah, it's like candy to oh, them yeah. but i just i think that's good to kind of break down for some people now we could take that scenario and take the big 10 and put them in the in a big woods area maybe we'll do oh, some yeah. of these hypotheticals and stuff down the road but um i just feel yep. like that is the um type a scenario that we yep. see most of them. it's like hey we well, just like break this down and there's people yeah. like newer hunters that might not know that all right, so let me ask you this, Clint. I'm just curious on, like, say, this Big Ten in this cut corn early October, in the first half of October, and you're going into to uh, try and get on him, see where he's at, maybe kill him on your observation set. I personally, when I go in to make a move, knowing a deer is in there or in the area, I have, like, a little ball of anxiety in me that's like, how far do you push in? Because I'm now I'm so concerned with being – um busted on entry and exit like i don't want to get up in the field too far because what if he's bedded not far off and can see me from his bed like i'm always i'm always like god dude and that's where i i think hinders me the most like shit i want to get in there and i need to be up in this spot but i don't want to go that far in like do i and so i always end up going in early and i I spend time hem on and sometimes i think just walk up there and get in the 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 tree. (laughs) I was slip to the F word on the hunter cast, but do you have that like anxiety on there because are in there in that situation? I think it's good to have it because it airs you on the side of caution. But I kind of like how much of that, ah, how far, how much of that do I ignore? And just like what Nick Morris would say, just like just go hunt and see what happens. Like, where's the the line for you?
1: So I would say. Ten years ago, anxiety was super high, and it was very much a internal battle with, uh, is should I do this? Should I not? This could yeah. work. It might not. And I've learned for me, as times went on, and you know, it's been 15, 16 years of me playing the specific buck game, and I choose to play that because I like to play that. The more aggressive and the more confident I am, the more big deer fall and the more opportunities that big deer I get. And I think it's because now I'm very strict to the point with like, okay, the night before I'm going to make this plan. I'm going to look at my maps. I'm going to look at all my info. Here's what I know. Here's what I like in my mind. I think this is the spot. This is, I need to be here. So I almost treat it like, I was going to go on a stock out West. If I see a mule deer bedded and I'm like, yep, I can kill him there from that point on. I don't let any doubt creep in of what about this? What about that? Nope. He's killable. We're going in. I'm going to treat it like it's the last stock I'm ever going to make in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go in on this whitetail. I don't know much about him, but based off what I do know, I think this spot somewhere in one of these trees, I can hang and hunt with a saddle or I can go in with a mobile setup, my Novic setup, whatever. Um, and I can kill him there, and it's I don't allow myself anymore to not be ultra confident because that has hindered me to where I've done the him haw thing and it's cost me bucks because I'm like, ooh, I shouldn't go that deep. I should stay here, and if I would have went originally to my first thought,
0: your gut instinct,
1: the deer would have died. So yeah. for me. For me, I've rode the A and now I'm at the Z. Like I used to be, oh God, oh my God, I'm nervous. I'm scared to death. Now I'm like, nah, bro, this was the plan. We're sticking to the plan.
0: Just get in there. Does
1: it always work? Absolutely not. I mean, I still bust bucks, but I've also over time, I've changed my philosophy on that too. I don't give big deer the credit that I used to give them when it comes to bumping them. Mm -hmm. I personally don't think it's as big of a deal as what we make it. I think we make it a bigger deal- than what it is uh, solely based off because that spot he was bedded in, it did its job. It kept him alive. Yeah. yeah. So he's not afraid to come back there. In my mind, I think we view it as if you blow a buck out, he's never coming back to that spot. And it's like, well, if I break into your house and your security system does its job, are you going to rip your security system out and put a new one up? Yeah. It's its job. Like that's what you're paying monthly subscription for. (laughs) It alerted the police. It alerted the fire, you know, whatever it was. So, I've changed my philosophy on that. And I think it's made me less scared of, oh, what if I'm too deep? What if I bump him? What if I? Now I'm just like, nah, here's the plan. We're sticking to the plan. You know, nine times out of 10, I'm going to stick to it. Now, Mm -hmm. if I was walking in and saw him bedded or the wind switched or something major took place, now, yeah, I will dictate based off that. But if all's good, nah, I'm going to where I said I was going to go. And that's just. I'm not going to be all tense about it. I'm pretty, I'm super confident. Like, yep, I like this. We're going to do it. And mm-hmm. I just stick with that.
0: Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to operate. I think, because you know, it's, I think still, and I, I, and I bet you, if you go from episode one to what we are now with working class bow owner, you'll see obviously in almost a decade of episodes, like philosophies are going oh, yeah. to change and adjust and opinions are going to change and adjust. And, uh, you know, I think it, the bumping deer, is changing a little bit you know like there's all always like um you know someone's method to the madness of bumping a deer and then how they go about it and all that stuff but yeah i i I agree with you like i think it's not as big of a deal um i was hunting a deer last year and i'm like all i gotta go in the spot i was headed right to the spot i was going and the dude is bedded in the open in an open field yeah i'm like yeah of all things like what I, I never thought he'd do that you know deer do things that you don't think they'll do and uh, i'm like what are the what are you doing out like you know what are the chances of that and it was right where i wanted to be so yeah. it's like you know if i would have done that in the dark or in the morning maybe i would have got ahead of him and shot him on his way to his to bed in this random spot i never thought he'd be i don't know but i think i'm going to try and stick to that policy a little more this year um and, and you know it, it's I think it comes from a good place. Like for me, it's not lack of confidence. It's to basically have, if it doesn't work out on that sit, can I adjust to make my move tomorrow or the next wind? I get like this in a couple of days. Like it comes from that spot. It's like, I want to make sure I have more than one opportunity on where I know he is right now. Yep. But like you said, Five days, he might be off that and onto another one anyway. So if you go in and bump him, I mean, it's a deer. Yep. Big Will, try and kill him.
1: I try to play that. I try to play that three, the rule of three game. And like, so if I see a buck do something one night, I'm going to predict that either he's already done it a night and he's going to do it another night, three, or he's going to do it two more nights, three. I have to be there the next night. Like, have to be
0: mm-hmm.
1: I just i i and, and call me nuts but i I play that I live by that. I've talked about that on on the podcast I've wrote about it I like that rule of three i I feel like deer do things you know like I just I feel like if they're safe and they're comfortable on one night now mind you drastic drastic things will change that the wind or a big storm blows in but I feel like if if all conditions are good and a buck's like hey, cut cornfield yep i got here all as well the next night same conditions probably will come back why not maybe even a third night but like i'm always running that line of ooh, it's the seventh he was here on the sixth tomorrow's the eighth I- i've got to be in there the seventh and eighth because you know i might have caught him on the first night that he got in here like so in my mind i'm always playing that rule of three uh, and I used to be like, well, next Tuesday, the conditions are going to be perfect. Five days from now, I'll kill him that day. That's never worked out good for me. Like it, yeah. it the perfect day has never really worked for me. It's like I'm always behind and well, then he leaves and I got to relocate him again. And yep, so, yep. way back in the day, being super passive, just for me personally, like it, it's just never worked out great for me. Um, so I've kind of morphed into a lot more aggressive bow hunting tactics now and and that seems to i get more opportunities and i think i've killed a lot more i think a lot of my big bucks on the wall have come from being aggressive versus if i would have been more passive i don't think i would have killed half of them to be honest with you because it was very small tight windows that i had to capitalize on to get that deer killed
0: for sure well so Rule number one in mobile hunting. This is, this applies to what we're talking about here. Mobile hunting getting in front of a deer, getting on a deer's pattern that he's on right now. Uh, yeah. Mobile hunting is not for procrastinators. No.
1: Nope.
0: If you're going, I'm going to kill that buck next Tuesday on my next on my uh-huh. mobile sit. Nope, I don't feel like doing it. I know that buck's on there, but I'm tired, and my wife wants me to grill chicken breasts on the grill tonight. Grill them tomorrow.
1: Yeah, or grill them <laughs> after dark.
0: Come after yeah. dark she'll be hungry for a couple more hours you gotta drag the yeah. baby out have her come drag the deer out with you you know let her earn the meal
1: yeah stupid well and the thing is the thing is too is it's like you're gonna spend all this time and energy and money and and effort and and then like i'll have guys that'll message me on like instagram okay and they'll send me this photo the deer's in daylight it's a tuesday and i'm like dude this is this the buck you sent me back in the in the summertime yep All those trail camera photos, this is him, I'm like, oh man, giant. I'm like, did you see him tonight? No, I can't hunt till next Wednesday. Mm. And I'm like, What do you mean you can't hunt till next Wednesday? Well, with work and I'm saving my vacation for November. I'm like, it's October 4th, he's in daylight. What why what do you mean? Call off tomorrow. No, I'm gonna save him for the rut. In my mind, like Yeah,
0: you're boxing yourself out of opportunity.
1: Oh, dude, I'm calling off the next five days, four days, whatever my work allows me. Like, I'm hunting that buck right now. He's in daylight. I don't know where he's going to be in November. And I yeah. get it. Some guys don't have the luxury. You can't just call in. But, like, if I can use a sick day or if I can schedule a day, like, yeah, I am going to be there. He is there for the taking right now in November. Well, I mean, I'll give you five mile down the road.
0: Let me give you another example of that same situation. You know, I'll go. I know a couple of guys, good dudes, but uh, this is just like a common. Th- this is almost a once a season occurrence. Yep. And uh, hold on a second. I got somebody at the door. Give me one sec. Okay.
1: This better be really important. and Kurt. We're on a DeerCast app podcast with me, number 87, and he's going to go answer the door. I hope he sees this. I'm disappointed. Not only am I disappointed, I'm pissed off. That's right. I'm pissed off. We're literally on my episode recording and the chair's empty. No one's there. And I got nothing to drink. I'm out. I'm pissed. It's fine. Time is money. I'm just sitting here. It's fine, Dad. It's not a big deal. There he is.
0: Did you keep people entertained? We had a... Sure did. Could you hear me talking? No. Oh.
1: Yeah, people entertained.
0: It's like, hey, I'm recording. Can you... Wait a second. (laughs) He's like, I'll come back. So anyway, um, I remember we were talking about... um, Oh, uh, I don't want to out these guys. They're good dudes. But uh, talking about procrastinating and mobile hunting and like okay. using your maps choke him to get unpatternable deer. So every year these these guys struggle to,
1: to I already know who we're talking about too. Do you? <laughs> yeah. 100%. I don't know
0: if you know these guys but maybe you do. Maybe you do. Good dudes. They are good dudes. But it'd be like, hey man I'm like, do you got to get in there like right now? And this is the reaction. Mm, yeah. 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 <laughs> Like, is it now now. (laughs) like be proactive? You know, it's like, that's the response. And the response is not what they want to hear. They want to go set a stand this weekend and then hunt it after they said it. And like, it's like, no dude, like the, the, your guys' traits from the past that leads you to not putting an arrow through this deer's lungs or a good deer's lungs is because the response is. Oh yeah, you think so? Yeah, dude. Or try, like guess and yeah. check. What hurts yep. if you go in there and you don't kill them? But what if you go in there and you do?
1: Yep. Well, and it's you know, and and it's 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 always something. It's well, I got church, or I got which nothing against church, but God will still that, love you. That, that example, <laughs> uh, you know, like whatever, like yeah, you'll still yeah. be loved and, and, and accepted. It's fine, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like if it's. If you can get in there, you got to get in there. And if yeah. you can't, you can't. But, like, I feel like a lot of guys, it's just, well, he'll probably be there next week. He probably won't. I mean, well, I'm just being honest. Like, It's easier to off- say
0: that, you know. It's easier yeah. to, like, do that. And, and here's the thing, dude. Of all the guys I know that can consistently kill tail bucks, and I'm not talking 170s every year. I'm talking good deer and better, you know, whatever a good deer is and wherever area they live. There's certain a certain trait they have. One, mm-hmm. I really do believe, are saying you can't kill big bucks if your wife sucks. I, if your wife is not supportive of you going to be successful and proactive, that you're already a step behind, and that's that's true. And, and you could argue me on it. Like, t- I mean,
1: I'm not, not married. Doug's well, not married. I, I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, <laughs> I'm not married, so, so continue but on. It, it's
0: it's just a thing you see. That's like most common, you know, it's a lack of support from their significant other. And then a lot of it is you're just not willing to sacrifice certain things. Like the guys that I'm talking about, they're not skipping to go hunting when it's right to watch football. They're not going to the bar to play poker or bar volleyball league on nights. They need to be hunting to be successful guys that kill big deer consistently or mature deer uh, consistently, are dedicated to hunting. They're hunters. They make that a priority when they need to make it a priority, and everything else comes after. In really a two month window, longer depending on your your situation. But that's a common yep. trait they all have. You never see Austin Chandler go, "Yeah, I could." No, he goes in there and does it, <laughs> or he tries. You, you're not you're not guaranteed to kill, but you tried. You know? So, I don't know. It's something to think about coming into the season. A little, oh, little motivational kick in the rear yeah. a little bit.
1: 100%. I mean, it's no secret. Like, I'm as big of a college football and NFL fan as it gets. Love I mean, I'm as big into sports as I am bow hunting. Love it. Watch ESPN every day. That stuff's recorded. When I get in at night, I'll flip it on. Or in the morning, if I'm not going to hunt in the morning, I'll catch up on it or whatever. But you tell me i got to skip... A big buck's hitting at night, but I could watch the football game at seven. It can wait. Yeah. I can record it. Like you can, you can make it, you can make it work, you know. I mean yeah. I've had a lot of relationships end in the month of October and November in my life for very specific reasons. Number one being just telling you right now, birthday parties, weddings, uh baby showers. Don't invite
0: uh, me to your wedding.
1: Well, Rule here's what I said. Here's what I'll say. After dark, count me in for a few hours at five o'clock I won't be there won't be there and I actually funny story I had a one girl tell me one time we had dated for about a year a, a year of dating me like you know what's I mean it's it's November 4th it's right before my birthday I'm hunting this giant buck I'm on day five all day sits already he's showing in daylight I'm so close to killing this buck right she tells me there's a baby shower for her niece or cousin or something it starts at five. I'm like, cool. I'm like, I'll see you about seven. She's like, if you're not there at five, we're done. I said, do you want me to put your stuff in a box outside or do you want to come get it or what do you want to do? And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I won't be there at five. <laughs> like I'll be there at seven. She's yeah. like, yeah, right. I'll see you at five. Needless to say, I got there about seven and that was the end the next day. We had it- but my point is, I was perfectly happy with meeting you in the middle you Know, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not gonna leave this buck at prime time hour. Yeah, the I'll get there when I get there. I'll meet you in the middle. Yeah, but, let me do my thing.
0: I, I will say, dude, the challenge of that, like, ex, I don't know, I consider it maybe of an external factor for honey and, and uh, it, it affects yeah. your commitment, right? It's a distraction. Good um, good I'm fortunate I met my wife when you know she was in her senior year, I had just graduated, and I was. You know, not, I I was into hunting as much as you could be into hunting at the time. Of of course, I've got more into it and it's become more a part of my life. But, um, I met her at a time where I was already passionate about it when when we were young. Now I will say if I met my wife now at 32 years old and had all this and told her like, yo, from pretty much September until I fill tags, I'm gone. It might be a little tougher go, but You know, it's just part of it. It's life stuff that you have to factor into your hunting stuff. I get it. It's not convenient. But you can't complain when you know the dudes that are consistently killing are boxing out their schedule. They're being very upfront with people. They're like, Hey, look, I know it starts at five. I'll be there thirty-five minutes after dark, an hour after dark. I get there and I get there. I bring a couple beers with me. Chill out. It's all good. You know, so if your wife isn't cool with that, and you know, if you're going to the bar and you're telling her you're going hunting, you're going to the bar instead, you're shooting your own self and your own foot there. Well, I mean,
1: uh, people, people close to you have to understand a prime example, my brother and and his wife, they're having their first baby this year in October. Obviously I'll be a godparent. I would love to be there instead. Probably when she has the baby, (laughs) I'm going to be on the side of a mountain in Wyoming guiding with Trey. Like I'm going to be guiding for Trey this fall. Yeah. They know that. They understand that that I signed up for that. That's how I make part of a living. Um, they get it. Do they want me there? For sure, but they also understand that baby's hey, not
0: gonna remember if Uncle Clint was I there or mean, not. That's...
1: It, here's the deal. How cool will it be if the baby comes on a day when I guided a guy to a giant bull? That would be a lot that'd be pretty freaking cool. That'd yeah. be cool. So yeah. I feel like I feel like little miss is gonna be like, you know what? Uncle Clint, that's cool that you weren't there when I was born, but uh, you did help a guy fulfill a dream and kill a giant bull. That's well, cool.
0: She'll remember forever if he were there or not. So exactly,
1: exactly. But she'll have a picture to look at forever of me and a guy, hopefully with a big bull.
0: It's a good point. Well, it is good. I, I think as as much of it is beat down it's all productive conversation from the trail cam to the mapping to the distraction to, to, to being proactive to really, to make the trail cams work to your mapping to work for when it comes to actually drawing back on, on a deer or whatever you're hunting. All three of those have to align trail cams, mapping, being proactive, and then uh, considering all distractions. So it might seem like that last thing, it may, it, it may apply or it may not apply. I think it applies. It makes sense to me how we kind of did it. Okay. To other guys I might be like, what are they talking about? But um, yep. just surround yourself with big butt killers and see how they uh, prioritize things. Yep. So that's really, that's a big tip. It, and, you know, if you want to learn more, surround yourself around people that you think are great hunters, like get, oh, I, be buddies with those guys.
1: Yep. Absolutely. I've always said in life in general, not just hunting but you show me your five best friends before I ever really even get to know you. I could probably tell you who you are, what you do, how you're going to end up. It's and it. It's the truth. I mean, you look at my circle, your circle, Devin Leonard's circle, lot of themes there. Mm-hmm. Brian Barney circle, Bo Martonic circle, Austin Chandler circle, a lot of overlapping parts in all those circles. Why? A yep. lot of success flowing through all those veins there. I mean, it just, yeah. You know, hey, it's just—it's the truth. It really is.
0: Yep, it is. It is for sure. Well, dude, that sums up episode 87 of Working 87. Class on Deercast. Appreciate you it hopping is. on with me, big dog. Absolutely. Where can people find Clint Casper?
1: Oh well, CC Hunt Files podcast. You can find me there, Casper Clint on Instagram, CC Hunt Files on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I—I'll be honest with you. I treat my Facebook like my Instagram, so it just goes from one to the other. It's really nothing special, but I am on Facebook. you want to message me on there. Cool. Um, Writing-wise, Peterson's bow hunting is my main home space, but I'm kind of all over the map freelancing, but uh, Peterson's usually every month. So, yeah.
0: Cool. Well, thanks, dude. Thanks for the info. Fun conversation. Thank you, everybody, right. for tuning in. Hopefully you grab some valuable information or getting ramped back up for deer season. We're out of the lull of what I consider now after coming over here after 4th of July. So time to get excited. Time to put the work in. Don't procrastinate. Be proactive. Tell your wife to go somewhere else. Or just, <laughs> that sounds so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: sounds terrible. Or just don't just, just don't be married. But maybe that too. I don't
0: know. I'm married, but uh, my wife oh, yeah, doesn't you, suck. Uh, Yeah, right. Uh, All right, enough of this. We gotta get out of here. All right, you know what to do. Go, go shoot your bow. Go shoot a giant. Figure it out. We love you. Peace.